when I walked in that audition, I knew what I was offering and who I was and why I'm doing this. And then after I got cast as Dimitri, I had a conversation with the director and she told me, you know why you weren't cast that first time and now you were? Because you were more honest and more authentic and you knew what you were doing. You were not nervous. And I think a lot of that is because I know who I am now. I know who I am as a person. I know who I am as an artist. I know what I have to offer. I know what I bring to the table. And having that organized in my head relaxed me and, and made me be a better actor and be a better person even. Hey there, welcome to Theater Life Uncensored, where we peel back the curtain and reveal to you what's really working in today's industry for theater artists just like you. That means you get to hear and learn how to surpass your career goals sooner and enjoy an easier, more peaceful life along the way. I'm your host, Jim Cooney, a New York City-based director-choreographer, and I'm also the founder of Amplified Artists, a membership community for theater professionals from performers to producers and everyone in between, helping you create a career and life you love. Today, I am talking to Javier Menente, who is a performer and voice teacher, and he's currently playing the lead role of Dimitri in the Broadway production of Anastasia that's sitting down in Mexico City. Prior to that, he was in Les Mis and Aladdin, both of which were the Broadway productions also sitting down in Mexico City. So I think you can guess the theme here. We're talking about doing Broadway shows outside of Broadway, where you have the same exact production, same creative team, sets, costumes, all of it, but it's just happening outside of Broadway in a different city. And this happens all over the world, like we're going to talk about in today's episode. Plus, we're going to talk about him going from an ensemble member to a lead role and what he needed to shift in his mindset to make that happen. We're also going to hear how he saves time and money gathering content for his social media. And we're going to hear about his philosophy on voice and how he trains his students to be able to use each part of their voice and how to control each part of their voice in a healthy way so they can transform and adapt their voice to sing any kind of vocal style. So we have a lot of ground to cover. First, though, I want to offer you a free gift to thank you for being a follower of the show. It's called Dream Career Blueprint, and it shows you exactly how to construct your dream career based on the advice of countless industry experts. You can download that by going to my website at jimcooney.me forward slash blueprint, and I link to that in the show notes as well. Also, if you don't want to miss any episodes of the show, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you are the very first to know when the next episode is released. And while you are there, if you could please give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a great review, it will help more people find out about this podcast, and I would be so grateful for your time in doing that. So thank you so much. Also, if you want to connect with me outside of this episode, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at JimCooneyNYC, so you can pop over there and say hello. So let's talk now to Javier Menente. Hello, Javier. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, and I appreciate your time coming on the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. So excited. I know. It's great. To, we were just saying right before we started to hit record that we haven't actually seen each other in person, or even though we're not in person, but at least talked face-to-face for so long now. So right. I've been looking forward to this and catching up with you. In so many years. I know. So... Uh, I want to kind of start, at, well, first of all, how would you describe yourself as an artist? I think that's always a good place to start, but then I want to go back to the, the beginning. But currently at this day and age, where we are right now, when, when you're talking about yourself and, and what you do, how do you describe that? I'm a Mexico City-based musical theater actor and voice teacher. Um, I love telling stories on stage and changing people's lives. And... As a teacher, I help my students find their unique voice and use it uh, in a healthy way. Yes, and I see that with all of your social media. Yeah, in a nutshell. No, that's great because, you know, people do different things and they always have struggles with like, how do I, you know, package that up and say that? So I always think that's a good question to start with so people can hear how other people answer that question. Um, So... I first met you in Pittsburgh at Point Park University when you were a student there, but talk to us about how you came from Argentina and how did you get to America and how did you land on Point Park? And then how did that you know transition afterwards? Because I know you went back home for a little while, but now you live in Mexico City. So like, give us the whole like history of all that. Well, I was born in Argentina in a little city. Well, it was little when I was born. Now it's getting bigger. 
Uh, it's called Neuquén. It's at the south of uh, Argentina. Beautiful. I love it. Um, and when I was 18, I went to Point Park University to do the international summer dance program they have every summer. And when I was there, we started jamming with some classmates around the piano and singing and, you know, singing musical theater songs. And one of the girls who was a student at Point Park, she was a freshman. Uh, she told me, why don't you audition for Point Park? You're perfect. Your voice is so beautiful. I've studied musical theater in Argentina. We don't have performing arts high school mm -hmm. uh, where I'm from, but I, I went to voice lessons and acting uh, classes and so I, I knew musical theater before going to Pittsburgh um, but when I went when I was in uh, Point Park doing summer dance this student said you should audition for the program they're holding auditions next week so I had like four days to prepare an audition I didn't even know that people prepare for months to audition for conservatory and musical theater programs i had four days i went to the point park library and i photocopied sheet music i think i sung this is the moment from jekyll and high <laughs> and what do you own from ren such a bad audition um but i gave it all <laughs> during the audition and then a couple days later um they told me that i have been accepted and the woman from the international students office was chasing me around campus to tell me um fill out this form. We want you yeah. in our school, come to Point Park. And they gave me a scholarship. And, and then I went back to Argentina. I finished high school because I was 17 at the time. Mm -hmm. And, and then the, the year after I went to Point Park, I started my BFA there. Mm -hmm. and, and then, and then I graduated in 2016. I moved to New York. I worked a couple of regional theaters. Uh, during that year and then I my visa was expiring and I I thought that I had finished the cycle in America and I wanted to like try a different place so I thought I would go back to Argentina maybe try TV or musical theater there and I saw an audition post for Les Mis in Mexico City and then I sent a video audition and they uh, asked me to come for an in-person audition and then they hired me and I moved to Mexico and I've been here ever since. Yeah. So you've been like working nonstop and all of the shows there. Yep. Yep. I, have. I think if people haven't been to Mexico City and seen that these are the actual Broadway shows that are sitting down in, in Mexico City with the same creative teams, the same sets, costumes, like it's literally the same shows. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today was to talk about this because I get asked so many times by international students, how do they move here? How do they work here? Um, you know, how do they get on Broadway? Those kinds of things. And and I often talk about the cruise ships are doing Broadway shows. Mexico City is doing Broadway shows. One of my friends just sat uh, or just set the um, Phantom of the Opera tour in Asia. So I mean, like the shows are over there. Like there's so many places where these Broadway shows are sitting down and, and performing that you don't need to be an American to uh, be in them. And one of the things you were telling me before was that you've connected with like Casey Nicola and Cameron McIntosh and all these people through being in all of these shows. So talk to us about that and how that's helped you build all these career relationships with these Broadway people. Yeah, Broadway was always my dream. And when I was a student at Point Park and even when I was in New York, Broadway was the goal for me. Like being a successful musical theater actor meant eventually you'll get to Broadway. You know, you'll do regionals and you do national tours and you get your equity card and then you go to Broadway and then you succeeded. And that shifted for me when I moved to Mexico and started doing Broadway shows that are not on Broadway. And uh, to me, success now is tell a story with this amazing production, doesn't matter where uh, they are happening. Um, one of my best friends is uh, now she's playing Vivian in Legally Blonde on, in Madrid. Um, Australia has Broadway productions of musical yes. theater. Um, Korea, Japan, Mexico City, even Argentina. Um, so Broadway is not the goal 
anymore. Or to me, success is not be on Broadway, <laughs> but um, keep working on important pieces of theater. Doesn't matter where you are in the world. But yeah, there's so many options. And being here, like you said, I, I still connect with people from Broadway, Broadway choreographers, Broadway directors, um, even uh, the Anastasia director is from Holland and she directs so many things in Europe. So it's so good to have that um, opportunity to network with these right. people, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I've always I'm said this to become friends then. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But I, I think it's weird because we, you know, we have these 41 theaters that we call Broadway, yet the same people who work in those shows literally are doing shows all over the world. And sometimes, as in the case with you, doing the exact same production all over the world. So just because it's not located here on the street of Broadway or a Broadway adjacent, right on one of the blocks across over Broadway, the same show, the same creative team, same everything is happening on these other places, but yet we don't have the same esteem for it. We don't call it Broadway, even though it literally is the same thing. And so I think that's a very interesting thing with our industry. And I, I think people's minds are changing about that because not everyone wants to even live in New York. And why limit things to 41 theaters, especially for producers, if they can have these shows running all over the world instead of just one location, it makes them more money. And for the artists who create the show, it brings more exposure to their work. So I think it's just good for everyone um, yeah. and to help kind of like change that stigma. it also helps audiences experience a Broadway show. Right. You know, people who are can't travel to New York City and or afford the travel expenses or the Broadway ticket that you know that there is the same quality in other places. We get a lot of fans and uh, audience members after the show. We know when we do uh, stage door and meet the people who went to the show. A lot of people tell us that they saw the show on Broadway and they expected this show to be a little um, not not that quality and that they were surprised that it is the same Broadway quality in Mexico City in their own language because we do the shows in Spanish. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, their kids can experience it or like their grandmother with the granddaughter come to see Anastasia and it's, you know, like the story of the grandma, the granddaughter that they reunite at the end. It's, it's having Broadway quality in other parts of the world is um, important and, and it's great for audiences all over the world. You know, you don't have to go mm -hmm. to Broadway to experience excellent quality theater. Right. Well, even just what you said about in the language, because even if you could afford to come to New York or chose to come to New York, if you don't speak English as your native language or, you know, it's not your strongest suit to uh, translate that in your head as you're watching a show, you don't need to do that. You can just enjoy it as if someone in New York is going to enjoy the show. And so that's great. I love that. Right. So you, with, with all your performing, because you are constantly in, in a show, I mean, as soon as you closed Aladdin, you moved right into this. No, so like a different show, yes. Yeah, so how do you have time to do your voice studio? Because you're so active there as well. Well, here in Mexico City, we don't do eight shows a week. Oh, okay. Uh, we are doing seven shows a week. So we run Wednesday through Sunday. We have uh, two show days on Saturday and Sunday, back to back. And then, so I have Monday and Tuesday off. Um, Mondays, usually I rest. That's my day off where I can hang out with my dog and go have some lunch with friends and, you know, run errands, do my laundry. I don't know. So Monday is my day off. And then Tuesday I teach, but I also teach Wednesday and Thursdays um, during the day because I don't have to be at the theater till like 647. Um, so that's how I manage to do that. And I love teaching. So it, it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to go teach or I, I need to have another job to be an actor and like, you know, make a living. So I, that's actually also why I do it. Yeah. But even when you're in rehearsal, you still have the time, like when you're rehearsing a show? Usually when I'm rehearsing, I stop the classes. I tell oh, my okay. students, uh, 
you know, I'm going to be rehearsing for Anastasia. We rehearsed um, July and we opened on the 3rd of August. So I think like the last week of June and all of July, um, it was six weeks. So I told my students, this six weeks, I'm going to be rehearsing. Right. Uh, so we're going to have a break. Um, I kept one student who's from London. I teach uh, remotely. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're working on vocal health, um, solving issues with his vocal health. So I kept him. But then every other student, I said, okay, we're taking a break. And they understand right. because they know yeah. that I'm a working actor and they are so happy for me. And then they come see the show. And, and then we co continue with the voice lessons after I open the show. So yeah, that's how I balance everything. Yeah. But then again, because now I'm, I'm playing Dimitri, it's a lead. It's a change for me because I'm, I was used to being ensemble uh, and now I'm a lead. So I'm going to interviews and I'm doing a podcast with this radio, famous radio station and they want me on this TV show. So I have to move classes around because sometimes, you know, the, the time where that radio program is happening is also the time of my classes. So they are very open. My students are very open to changing. And I'm also very open if they have something that comes out, like I can't come tomorrow to class because I have a meeting and so mm -hmm. we move it to Thursday. Yeah, sure. No problem. So I'm very well, flexible. Yeah. They're flexible with my um, schedule too. Yeah. So no, I like that. Cause I, I think if people do feel like that they would get locked into something, that's good. If you, if it's a two way street that both people can have that flexibility, then yeah, if it works for both, um, you talk a lot about the vocal health thing. And I think that's what makes you stand out, at least in my mind is as far as teaching voice. Cause it's not just like, how to sing nice and like how to interpret songs, but like you actually, you talk so much, at least in your social media posts about the health of vocal production and like showing clips of different people singing and like what, what they could be doing differently to improve and sing healthier and all that. How did you learn all this? And, and how did you like get into like this part of training? At Point Park University, I met Kim Steinhauer. She's the president of Estel voice training. And I started, uh, taking ESO lessons with her and I loved it. It literally changed my life. It changed the way that I approached singing, speaking and acting even. Um, I understood my voice finally, what it does, how it, how the, the parts of my body move. Um, I always, I have a couple of dancer students. So I tell them it's the dance technique for the voice, like mm -hmm. we're in, in the, in the exercises that we do in Estelle, it's the demi plies to eventually do a triple pirouette. So it's, it, it breaks down the, the vocal in instrument. Uh, I got my certification. I'm an Estelle master trainer now. So I teach some Estelle courses and I assist Kim on, on Estelle courses and that that's what I teach and it's very rooted in vocal health and we know we don't have uh, aesthetic bias so however the student wants to sound if they want to sing heavy metal I'm here to help them if they want to sing opera I can do that I, I don't judge how they want to sound as long as they are not um, compromising their vocal health so I teach mm -hmm. them and I help them stay healthy in whatever um, songs they want to sing or style they want to uh, sing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely people should follow. I'll put your links in the um, show notes so people can learn more about it because it's I've, I've been very fascinated by it watching the videos and stuff. I think it's really interesting. It gave me control. To me, it was all about control, you know, knowing what I'm doing. Knowledge is power. I know what I can do with my voice. I know the, everything I can do with my voice. So now I can pick what to do for, especially for musical theater actors. You know, one day you're auditioning for Oklahoma, which is a mm -hmm. legit, more legit sound. And then you come out of that audition and two hours later, you have to go and audition for Rent or for a rock musical. So you have to be able to change your your style and, and your sound. And that's what Estelle gave me, the ability to 
achieve and and successfully dominate different styles and different voice colors because I know what I'm doing with my voice. So that's what I yeah. teach my students. Well, yeah, and like you said with dancing, it's like the more you know your instrument, I mean, when when dancers don't study anatomy, they're not going to be as successful as dancers who understand like when a teacher is saying to turn out, like, well, it's the ball and socket joint of the hip, and that's where the turnout's coming from, not from your foot or not from your knees. Or, you know, it's like just knowing the knowing your instrument's always going to help you. So I love that you're focusing so much on that. It's really great. Yep. So before you were doing all these Broadway shows, even, you had this huge social media following. I don't know where that came from. Like, I feel like ever oh, since I met I was you. in The Voice. I was in okay. uh, The Voice Mexico. Actually, I knew that. And I totally forgot that you did that, but yeah, I knew that about you. I was you. in The Voice. I did it in the in the pandemic. I was bored, you know, because theaters were closed, and yeah, I, I just wanted to do something. And I always wanted to do a reality show related to talent. So I applied for The Voice, and I did it. It was a, such a fun experience. Um, I didn't win, but that wasn't my goal. I just wanted to, you know, yeah, go out there and like put myself out there and sing. And I got to meet, you know, amazing. Uh, singers and apart from the people who were uh, you know the the team leaders who are famous I met I networked a lot during the the recordings of the show and I have friends that are still my friends um, who were competing against me you know during the show but Uh yeah that gave me a a big uh, boost in the social media area um, but, but also, you're pretty, what I was going to say, but I feel like your, your feed is so curated. It looks like, I mean, you, when I look at your feed, it matches the number of followers you have. It's like the people that have these big followers, it's in big accounts. There's a certain type of content. It's very curated and it's professional and, and it's consistent with how much you're posting and what you're sharing and stuff. And so like that, you know, that just doesn't happen. Like you have to work at that. And so. Like, what was your process with growing your social media? Uh, I've always liked, like, editing pictures and having, you know, a crisp photo. And, you know, most of my friends are actors. So we know that we need to have a very nice-looking Instagram and we have to showcase everything we can do. But it doesn't have to feel too pushy. So, you know, we're all kind of on the same uh, mindset there. Uh, so we help each other taking pictures and choosing outfits and, you know, maybe getting a headshot photographer. It's three friends that we want. Maybe we can get a discount if the three of us go and take pictures. You know, it's community uh, and we help each other, you know, which picture should I choose? Which video is the better one? So uh, it's a lot of help from friends. But also, um, I got an email one day from Amplified Artists. Saying um, that you were going to do the social media, oh, what's it called? Yeah, strategic was, social media. Yes, uh, that you you were going to uh, see profiles and give feedback, mm-hmm. and that helped me a lot more than you know. <laughs> oh, um, good. It was yeah. It was like I think you talked for fifteen minutes about my profile, and and you gave some advice, and you said uh, all the things that I was doing right. So I like I kept doing that and then you gave me advice and and I took it and I think it it really helped my my profile who was good to be better. Yeah. Well, and I well thank you for that, but I I also think that one of the things that we talk about in the in the social media training that we have is that it depends on what your goals are. Like you don't need to have tons of followers. Like it, there's people who are very successful that don't even have social media. So yeah. it's not about that. It, if you do want to grow that, and especially if you want to be like a commercial actor or something where brands want you to have all these followers and things of that nature, sure. But it just depends on what your goals are. And as long as you're making choices aligned with what your goals are, then it's going to be beneficial for you. But I just thought it was fascinating. I totally forgot you were on The Voice. Um, but like your your account is so beautiful, I think. And I, I just love the stuff you shared, especially on The Voice one too. And I can tell you take time and pride and care into it. And so- I'm sure that also contributes to why you have so many people engaging with your, with your content. And I love that idea of sharing a, a photo session with friends. Cause a lot of times like that's, you could do a photo session. You could wear like, let's say you just wear one thing, but you get like 10 great photos. And then once a month you just post that no one remembers that you were wearing that same outfit 
last yeah. month. You know what I mean? So like just curating like a stock library of, of content, whatever it may be, videos, the quotes that you like to share, thoughts you want to share. I, I think that's um, helpful for people that, you know, just collect that, do it one time with like split the cost with your friends, like you said, and if you can bring a couple outfits, great, but then you have some stuff that you can use. I also uh, like to add that I interact a lot with my followers, especially now that I'm in the spotlight being, you know, the one of the leads of the show. Um, I get so many messages saying, hey, I went to see the show yesterday. Thank you. You were great. And I, I always try to reply and say thank you because, yep. you know, it's it's really fulfilling to me that that my performance moved someone or that they really enjoyed their time that we spent um, me creating theater with my cast and, and they enjoying it. So I always try to um, respond to those messages and yeah. stay in contact with them. Right. Because that's who well, I am. I, I've, I've, yes. You know, I always come out of this uh, the stage door and take pictures with everyone who wants a picture because it's 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 fun it's i was once that person asking for a picture with pat lupon or you know mm -hmm. people who i admire so now yeah being on the other side feels full circle and very fulfilling yeah well also social media is social and media and a lot of people just focus on the media and not the social and part the and the engagement and social media platforms they thrive on the engagement so if people comment on your you know post then make sure you're replying to them or commenting back on on theirs and again like if you are trying to grow your your following like that is by engaging with your people like it's actually easier that way too because you can create less content of your own but then just go engage with other people and you'll you'll grow that way if that is your goal so yeah, I love that. Um, in, Spanish, in Spanish, social media, it's red social. So it's like social web. Mm. And I really like that because it's like everything is linked and connected. And that's what we should use it for, right? Connect with other people. And it's like giving and receiving and and, and it's it's a web. Yeah. Well, so. and I think that was the original intention of it was to help people connect. And that now it's right. been used as a weapon and politics and all kinds of things. But right. I think the original thing was, yeah, to connect. And so, and that's like you said, with when you were on The Voice, you took the time to network with all these people. So that that's for anything that you do, like using that opportunity to keep connecting, because I always say this is a business of relationships, right? And so it's really who you know. And like you said, the director who was the associate um, for Anastasia now, like now you have that connection and she still works with that whole Broadway team and sets the tour of the show and all the things. So like this is, it's just going to keep growing your career bigger and bigger. Um, what did you do when you said you networked with all these people? What was your process for that on The Voice? Well, it's TV and they record the episodes. So there's a lot of waiting time. And so to kill the time and to, you know, to forget about the nerves and to not be so anxious, I would go and talk to other singers and I found out, oh, this guy is a singer, but also he does um, voiceover acting for uh, movies. So, and I, it, it just happened to be like that. I didn't know. I just went and say, hi, how are you? I'm Javier. Nice to meet you. And we started talking and now he's my friend. He came to see the show and like, you know, I don't know if eventually something will happen there. He told me he's always looking for singers for um, voiceover, for movies and, and, and series and everything. So that's a good connection to have. And then um, I also met a, a, another woman who also does musical theater and she invited me to her concert. She did a concert and I, she invited me to sing a song with her, um, you know, and and. It's all about keep growing and, and making connections and eventually things will start to happen, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, if it's a job, awesome. If it's, do you want to come sing at my concert? Great. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm putting myself out there and people are, you know, your fans are now going to hear me sing and maybe they like me and so they like start following me and. And they come see the show and they want to 
sing. So, oh, she teaches voice lessons. So I, I want to take voice lessons from him. So now I have a new student. You know, it's it's all a, right. a, a circle of yeah. actions that happen that start with a, hi, my name is Javier. What's yours? Let's talk. Right. Chat while we wait. Right. And not trying to get a job. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I think if you approach networking like, oh, hopefully this is going to lead to a job. Well, that's not going to be an authentic relationship and whatnot. So right. having that, yeah, just saying hello, like you said, and that just starts it. And it might lead to a job. It might not. It might lead to a job 10 years from now, 20 years from now. You it never know. It might lead know. to a friendship. Yeah. And and that's great too, you know. And that's even better than a job, right? Yeah. Having Having someone there. Yeah. So you said you sent me this beautiful message after you got cast in Dimitri, because I know that was your goal and that was something you were working on. And I was so moved by the message you sent me where you were thanking me for uh, helping with just having Amplified Artists as a platform. And you said that the aligning your artistry course like changed your life. And so uh, how did you, like, what did it change about your life? Like, what did you feel like made the difference for you? It gave me authenticity. Um, now what I say I do and what I do match. It's the same mm. thing. Before I, you know, I didn't even know how to introduce myself. The question that you asked me at the beginning, um, mm -hmm. what do you do? How, how would you introduce yourself? I would just blow something out. Like I'm an actor, but I also teach. Okay. But what do you like? What, why, or, you know, and, and, and taking that course helped me organize my thoughts and like, actually like find out why I'm doing this you know, the route, because I knew I always wanted to like tell stories and like, I like being on stage. Um, but it was never for the attention or for the picture in the, for the Instagram and for the followers, or it was never for look at me and how cute I am and how great I can dance. And I'm a great ensemble member. And like, I look so great in this costume. And I met Casey Nicola, you know, it was never because of that. And the course, the aligning your artistry helped me realized that it wasn't for that. It was just because I really enjoy telling stories and changing people's lives. When they come to the theater, they, they feel joy. They feel sorry for a character. They, you know, they feel moved. And theater is such a magic thing that we do, you know, because like all these people in the same place, it's happening right now, right in front of of your eyes it's not a movie you know that you hit play and like it's the same every night it's it's that's magical to me and that's why i do it mm -hmm. and i think that's it you know we start because of that we the whole reason why we start doing theater in the beginning is because we love it and there's something that draws us to it and then once it becomes a job it takes on all these other shapes and forms and we forget about the reason why we're doing that and um i think like the whole idea with aligning your artistry is all the things you already do that you are good at doing that you love to do and bringing them all together in one channel so you don't feel like you're so discombobulated and doing all these things like how you are as a performer is going to affect how you are as a voice teacher and like what you learned by taking care of your instrument lets you take care of yourself when you are on stage yourself and having to do these things and so like everything is feeding into each other and I think when you can actually step back and look at that and, and then you can leverage that once you really start to connect the dots for yourself, you can leverage that to move yourself forward, make more money, get the jobs you want to get and feel more confident. I mean, I think that that's like for people when they go into an audition to have the confidence to just be able to do their work because they love to do it and not because they're just trying to get a job. Yeah, exactly. When I When I walked in that audition, I knew what I was offering and who I was and why I'm doing this. And, and actually there's, there's a story here. Um, we had auditions for Anastasia like three years ago, cause it, it was going to be done three years ago. And then it got shut down. The project got shut down because of the pandemic. And so we had to audition again. And I was cast the, the, uh, that three years ago as an ensemble member and Dimitri and Gleb understudy. And then that, didn't happen, pandemic happened. And then they asked us to audition again. You know, they were opening auditions again because so much time had happened and some things changed in the show. So 
we auditioned again. And then after I got cast as Dimitri, I had a conversation with the director and she told me, you know why you weren't cast that first time and now you were? Because you were more honest and more authentic and you knew what you were doing. You were not nervous. And I think a lot of that is the, the course that I took. Um, because I know who I am now. I know who I am as a person. I know who I am as an artist. I know what I have to offer. I know what I bring to the table. Um, and having that organized in my head relaxed me and, and made me be better, be a better actor and be a better person even. Yeah. I mean, so, that's what we have to talk about is like how, you know, it's human and artistry. It's like the same thing. It's like it, they both affect you. So that's amazing. I'm glad that someone actually pointed that out to you because then you can see that you did make that progress. It's not just something you feel, but it's something that everyone else notices. So congrats on that. That's amazing. Thank you. And thank you for having and creating yeah. uh, this community. Yeah. Thanks. It's, I just feel like there's a, a place for it in the industry and that people weren't picking up the pieces. So I'm like, I'm just going to put it together myself and connect people like this. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all the things that we, no one really teaches us, but yet everyone is saying, I mean, you hear the same directors say the same things about what they want and the choreographers and, and whatever else. And everyone is saying, you know, these things, but yet all we're taught to focus on is making sure we can act and sing and dance and, and this stuff and not like, how do we actually be an artist? How do we be a human? How do we build a business like this? And so um, I just, I wanted to put it together. So I'm, I'm glad that, uh, and a lot of people like actually say that course is like their favorite one in the whole thing, which is surprising to me because I thought people were going to be like, oh, I really like the one about the reels and the website and all that, you know, the things that are more flashy, but, but this Those one really, people they're really helpful, but I feel like this one changes something deeper that it goes deeper yeah. and it like makes you actually like question who you are and why you're doing this and and why do you want to keep doing this and who you are outside of the stage or outside of the right. um, the orchestra right. pit or outside of the rehearsal room you know if you're a director or a musician or whatever it it makes you think who you are outside of work you know because we mm -hmm. sometimes and and i'm i've done it that my whole personality becomes i'm an actor and I act and I do musicals. So I like, and, and that's all I could talk about and think about. And like, I, everything is musical theater. So this one also helped me to like, understand that I'm more than that outside of, but, but I'm an artist, you know? Right. Just, it, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why it's like, also it's deeper and that, that's why it like changed something in my core. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, there, so we, if you're not an Amplified artist, you maybe don't know this, but there's the game plans that we have that line everything up in order. So you take this training, then this one, then this one. So that's why we start with the aligning your artistry and the branding to book those two first, because those are like, you have to figure that out, like who you are and what you're offering and where you want to work and who you want to work for, because that's going to change the way your website is and your reel and social media. So it, it like it, it, there's a reason why that is deeper, because that's like really the foundation of what you have to figure out. And that's, that's how I, uh, ended up in the, the aligning your artistry because I wanted to do social media, you know, I wanted to like get better at posting and, you know, and like having a schedule and like, how do I make better pictures and what do I put in the caption? You know, that's always the question, like, what should I caption? Right. Yeah. So I, I clicked on the grow your social media or, um, strategic or, social on, media, yeah. huh, strategic yeah. social media. And the first thing it says is. It's better if you do the aligning your artistry first, so you know what your goals are, who you are, and then this one's gonna be way easier. And I, that's what I did. I said, okay, okay, great. Step one, who you, who are you? Yep. Step two, start showing that to the world and like share content that aligns and with who you are and what you're doing, what you yep. say you are, and you know. And then you know which pictures to take. Yeah, and it's easier to like think of a caption because you know what you're doing i don't it's it's yeah weird to explain but now you know you know who yeah. you are what you do and 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 how you want to present yourself in the world and who you want to be 
Yeah. But I also have to say you you actually did the work too, because it's like anything. You like you probably have voice students who just show up. They're not going to get better just by showing up, right? And so right. there are people who join Amplified Arts and they just kind of stay on the periphery and don't ever really do the trainings or come to the uh, events that we have. And then there's other people like you who like dive in, like they go through the things and it's like, well, you can see the members who are like out there killing it and checking off their career goals because they're actually just doing the work. They're they're taking the the trainings that we have and they're running with it. And, um, you know, I don't make this stuff up. Like, that's the thing is like, I'm not just sitting here like, what's a good way you should do a social media post? Like, this is all based on everything that like people in the industry say. I've just compiled it and put it together for people, but it's not me making it up. So right. you just got to do, you just got to do it. And so you should be proud of yourself for that because a lot of people, they don't want to put it in the work to actually move forward. And so they just would rather, you know, complain about why they're not getting where they want to get. And it's like, well, that's because you keep doing the same things. You have to try something different and learn something new. That That's why you're in the place you're in because you don't know these other things yet. And so let's help you learn those things. It's not hard to do. You just have to know what it is and then you just do it. It's sometimes it's hard. I run into this when I was doing that course. It's hard to take the time to just sit and like do the exercises yeah. and and uh, actually like question yourself and think. I had in my schedule an hour a week to just just sit down, amplified artists do the work, and it paid off. And it's yeah. one hour a week. You know, if you invest two hours a week, it will, it'll be quicker or it'll be better. So yeah. I know we're so busy in this time of age, you know, running from an audition to a, a photo shoot to this dinner with this agent maybe. And like, it's so easy to say, I don't have the time, but make it, make the time because it's so worth it. Right. And like, even on the subway, like I tell people, you know, every lesson is broken down. I mean, you could do a three minute lesson, a seven minute lesson. You don't need to sit down and do the whole course in one sitting, but you could even write do download the, the yeah. workbook worksheets and yeah. just like do it on the bus. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, um, it, it's design, even the workshops that are like, you know, full on one and a half hour or two hour workshops, even those I go through and break down chapter markers so people can go, you know, piece by piece. So, that, that's a good point. Like you just got to make the time to do it. And uh, as small as increments as you need to make it happen. That's great. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you, cause you, you brought up the fact of like before you were casting the ensemble and then you got moved to the lead. And I think that I noticed that there's a lot of people who want to play lead roles, but they're kind of keeping themselves stuck in the ensemble because they're not having the belief and confidence in themselves that they could do that. Like they're not seeing themselves in that uh, position. Did you do anything to change that mindset for yourself or like what, what has that been like now that you are playing a lead role in a Broadway show? Like, like that's huge. So like, what is, what is that like now? You gave me advice uh, <laughs> during the social media breakdown. Um, and, Cause one of our, my goals was I want to yeah. break from the ensemble and like become, you know, a secondary yeah, you character or, or a lead even. Um, and I have a really good relationship with the producers of Lemis, Aladdin, and Anastasia, who are the biggest producers in of theater in Mexico. Um, and you told me go talk to them if you have the that kind of relationship where you can like you know can we go for a coffee and like talk to them. And that, that's actually what I did. I I um, asked one of the producers if he could meet with me, um, and I told him. You have seen my auditions, you know my work, you know I show up and like I do the work. I would like to start being considered for leading parts. What do I need to do? Do I need to take more acting lessons? Um, do I need to get better at singing? Do I need to go to the gym more? Do I need to like, what can I do to break from the ensemble? And you know, he told me a couple of things. He, he said, it's luck actually you know if the character is for you um but but yeah i think i planted a seed in the in the producer's head and then they saw me with different eyes when i went to the audition room um it, it's just communicate what you want but also do the work right i did take more acting lessons and i i went with an acting coach 
um, who's also my friend, <laughs> for the the Anastasia auditions, and and I really worked on the leading man energy, you know, because I was in the ensemble of Aladdin, and I I wanted to be a lead in Anastasia. Um, I remember I told you I wanted either Gleb or Dimitri, um, and I worked on both characters, the same, um, with uh, an acting coach, and I did the work, and I talked to the producers, and and eventually the the decision was from the the creative team, right? But I feel like all of that also gave me confidence too, to mm-hmm. say I can be a, a lead and so when I walked into that room I just took the part I didn't audition for it it was just like it's mine that's great it's, yeah. it's feeling I don't know it's not, not to be cocky but you know when you walk with with the confidence that that it's yours then it shows mm-hmm. I think yeah well if you can't that even verbalize this big competition like i Oh yeah, waiting sure. room. I was like, oh, okay, it's gonna be tough, <laughs> and it was. Um, the the auditions took actually longer than they were supposed to because they couldn't, you know, decide. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it happened. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say that if you don't, if you're too afraid to even tell someone that, then like you're gonna be too afraid to even audition for. It. Even if you do physically go to the audition. Like if you can't even tell someone that that's what you want to do, then it's like you haven't even fully given yourself permission yet to do it. And so that's, you're just not going to have a successful audition. And I do remember talking about this um, because, you know, for better or worse, it's, it's not even on purpose, but you know, when someone comes into you and they audition for you as an ensemble member, you start to just put it in your head. Okay. So the next time I'm doing a show and that person comes in like, oh yeah, they were so great in the ensemble. Like, you don't, it's not like you're trying to keep them in the ensemble. It's just like you start to think about how you know them. And so you just keep the relationship going on how you know them. And so sometimes it literally is just saying like, I am interested in doing these other things for them to go, oh yeah, well, I didn't even think about you for that. Like, yeah, you should totally come in for this. And it's not even like, it's just kind of human nature. We start to box people into these categories and not that we're trying to, but it's just however you interact with that person is how you kind of think of that person. Yeah. And so, yeah, for anyone listening to this, that's, you know, you have to actually claim it for yourself and let people know you want to do these things. Um, because that, that just that alone could be the, the switch. Um, once people know that you want to do that. So that's great. And don't be afraid to talk to people, you know, um, but it might sound scary, like go talk to the producer. I mean, I was lucky enough to like know them and like, I have this kind of relationship where I can go and say, can we go for a coffee? But even if it's a choreographer, a director that you work with, don't be afraid to say hi or ask for advice. You know, even just asking like, what can I do to start right. being considered for um, leading roles or, or characters rather right. than in, in the ensemble? Or even just saying hi, like you said, I mean, so many people don't even do that step and you can't build a relationship if you don't even say hello. Like that's literally the ground. Yeah. Start with that and then build from there for sure. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to share? I mean, this was so helpful, I think, for people to hear all this and hear your story. Is there anything else you want to share that you think would be helpful for people? I have not at the top of my mind. I think we covered everything. If anybody has a question, they can send me a message on Instagram and I will most likely reply. <laughs> yeah. So where do you want people to follow you? Instagram, that's the best place Instagram to get a Instagram is the main one that I use. I also have mm-hmm. threads. I don't check it as often. <laughs> yeah, but Instagram is Instagram is the, the one, my main Great. social media. It's my name, Javier Manente. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, I'll, I'll put the links to that and your voice studio and everything in the show notes as well so people can connect with you that way. But um, thank you again for being here. And I really appreciate all this and sharing all this. I I think it's going to be really inspiring for people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. (laughs) Good. I'll see you later. Bye. All right, friends. Lots of interesting things there, right? 
I love how clearly he demonstrates what's possible when you really know yourself as an artist, why you're doing it, and what you bring. When you are clear on that, other people can feel clear on it too, and that's when the jobs come in. He's also such a great example of what happens when you do the work. And doing the work could be as simple as just saying hi to someone, as you heard, or just letting people know what you want to do, or carving out an hour to work on your career, because you really do need to do the work if you want to see the results. And if what you're doing hasn't worked, why do you keep doing it? You have to change what you're doing if you want to change your results. So that may mean trying new teachers or really evaluating yourself and seeing if you are actually doing what your teachers are suggesting or what the people that you admire are suggesting or your mentors are suggesting. And like I said to Javier, the reason why Amplified Artist works isn't because of me or what I personally think. It's because it's all based on what actually works, what gets results. I've been a teacher for nearly 20 years now, and so I see the things that get people the results and the things that don't. So we just want to focus on the things that get you the results. Or like I said at the top of this episode with the Dream Career Blueprint, that is based on the advice of industry experts. It's the unanimous things that I've heard people say time and time again in the people that they look for when they are casting a show or putting a creative team together. So I've just compiled that for you, but you also have to do the work. So if you want to join Amplified Artists or learn more about it, you can go to AmplifiedArtist.life and you can download your free Dream Career Blueprint at jimcooney.me forward slash blueprint. And I've linked to both of those things in the show notes. Now, if you've liked this episode, please be sure to subscribe. And while you're there, leave the show a five-star review, especially if you think this podcast will help someone else. And if you've got any questions, you can give me a shout on Instagram. I'm at jimcooneynyc. Finally, if you love the show and want to help support it, leaving a small tip is greatly appreciated. There is a link to do so in the show notes. Remember, there is no one on the planet who is just like you. Stay true to the gifts you have and who you are. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Here's a little preview of next week's episode. I will see you then. How much time and money have you spent on training your talent and skills? If all you needed to book your dream jobs was to be as talented as possible and you've spent all this time and energy and money getting your skills up to that point, don't you think your career would be further along by now? I mean, I have to ask you, how is that working for you? When you leave a voice lesson, how much more advanced are your skills at that point? How much more guaranteed are you to book the jobs you want to book? Well, what if there were a way that you could much better guarantee this? What if instead of spending your time and energy and money on your talent and skills, you could spend it on the things that directly book you work and book it for you faster and easier.